You're listening to Creative and Passionate Cat, hosted by Antoine Errol. All right, welcome back. Today we are here with ET003 Elias from Crazy Town. How's it going? Hey, Antoine, what's up? Thanks for having me out. Yeah, it's a pleasure. So, um, for those that may not know you or, you know, they've heard about Crazy Town one or more, um, when did you join the band and what's your purpose in the band? Uh, well, I owed Seth a lot of money. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> he, uh, the original way that I joined Crazy Town was um, I met Crazy Town at the Whiskey A Go-Go in Los Angeles in 2009 when they were doing a couple of their comeback shows. Um, and I met Seth and then we kept in touch over the years. And in 2016, he was auditioning guitar players for the Make America Rock Again tour. Uh, that was also with Saliva and uh, Puddle of Mud, um, Alien Ant Farm, Tantric and Saving Abel. Um, to name a few, you know, POD was on there for a couple of days. It was a really great tour. So he said that he was uh, holding auditions. And so I was in Atlanta, like I said, and he's like, yeah, great, man. So we have auditions tomorrow. I flew overnight and I met him for the audition in, in Hollywood at Amp Rehearsal Studios. And um, I think there was about four other guys, five other guys there trying out. I just, you know, I think it was over years of my experience, I just, you know, played uh, what he asked me to play and learn the night before. It was a couple of tracks. They just pressed play, watched me play, and then um, I thanked them for the opportunity. And if they never needed anything down the line, just let me know. And Seth called me a little bit later, and he said, uh, that, that, you know, that they were going to be taking a chance, you know, on me and not to let him down. So did, like, um, did you know the songs before learning them, or was it just like you had to learn them on the spot? Uh, no, no. So I, I learned everything the night before. I didn't really know um, the songs. I had heard the songs before. I had listened to Crazy Town before in my life, but I had never like played through any of them. No. Were they giving you like the the tabs or? No, no. They didn't give me anything. They just said, "This is it. Be prepared. Be ready." And then I just remember, man, I was sweating my balls off. Like it was so hot that day. I had to get all my musical gear from my buddy Nick's house in the garage, and I just rolled up like literally literally on time like i couldn't have been any like a second later i would have been late i just rolled my stuff up and then they just pressed play and they were like man all right go ahead they just pressed play and then i was just playing in front of brett mazer and you know and shifty seth binzer and uh they just kind of made their own mental notes and then took took their own mental snaps and then that was it yeah, so what was the, the progression of the band like? Because I know the band started like early in like in 1999 or around those years, but they yeah. only like released like a, a few records early on, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, they, the Gift of Game was, um, you know, they were a new band on the scene in you know, 95 and they came out with their, really their first record was Gift of Game. And just that record alone just extremely blew up because, uh, you know, it had Butterfly on it. Yeah, and uh, I mean, it reached heights. I don't think anybody in the band ever knew was going to happen. That sample, though, from that song "Butterfly," is the only sample that the Chili Red Hot Chili Peppers have ever approved um, to be used from any of their songs ever in their history because they thought it was such a great song. 
that they approved it, that sample. What's and that's why the, did the riff or the the starting yeah, riff or that riff? Yeah, the pretty little ditty riff with uh, Flea and Frashanti and stuff. So they allowed them because they had to, you know, get that past, you know, the the management and the record label. And normally the Chili Peppers, they never give anything away, man. Not a fucking shred of a note. But they loved that song so much. And they thought it was so cool what Brett did with the sampling. And that's why Brett Mazur is a pioneer. Because back in 1995, you know, the dude was sampling, you know. And, and sampling has become such a norm in the music industry. Um, he was really ahead of his time, man. He, was, he did a really, really, really cool. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, yeah, um, so. so they they released the record and what like since they um they got more results than they thought they were getting, right? So like what happened like do you remember like record sales or like No, see I wasn't around, man. I I'm not remember I I just joined yeah. I'm just lucky enough to join the join and be part of the dream, you know what I mean? But uh Record sales back then, I mean, if you look online, I think they sold a million records in at least, I mean, they went platinum multiple times, but I think in like 14 or 15 countries, that's, that's the difference. Okay. And the same thing, uh, it was the time when Napster had just come out. You remember, yeah. you know Napster. Yeah. And there, so there was a lot of music pirating going on for the first time. And I know Metallica had that big lawsuit with them and they ended up winning. Um, but uh, yeah, that was when uh, Butterfly supposedly was downloaded like like multiple millions of times on Napster. Okay. Wow. So they lost out on that revenue too, but still they, they went multi-platinum. It was a huge record. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at it today, we have like Spotify and like uh, Apple Music. Like how do you guys adapt with, with releasing albums through that instead of just, you know, CDs? Like you can't even play CD by card anymore, so. Well, I think again, man, it's just Crazy Town's a very fortunate band. Because, yeah. like, uh, for the reason that we just said, their, their, yeah. their song went big in 16 countries. You know, some bands, man, they might just make it big in the UK, or maybe they might just make it big in America or in Japan, you know. But Crazy Town, you, they can go touring in all of these countries because they were popular in all of them, especially in Europe and Germany and stuff. So Crazy Town, like, is just a very lucky band. We're not like a new local band trying yeah. to navigate the scene. It's like, that's why you see all these old bands like uh, the Deptones, unfortunately not Linkin Park anymore because yeah. we know what happened, but Soundgarden, same thing. We know what happened with that. But even going to Korn and Slipknot and, and all these bands, they're still coming out with really quality music. Yeah. Um, they're still all doing their thing. And the fans really appreciate what it is. Um, it's just rock and roll, you know, doesn't get any better than that time period. Yeah, that's true. The, the, you know, with Crazy Town too, the nostalgic, um, you know, reference to it, it brings them back in time. So even with Spotify and YouTube, I feel the navigating through it as Crazy Town. And you know what the most, the most, the most messed up, the most messed up thing is really in the record, you know, because of everything in history and where we are now. That matters not, not at all. So you just got to keep, music is that business too, where you just have to keep, um, it's like, what have you done recently? It, it doesn't matter really what you've done in the past. You got to keep killing it. So if people are starting out like bands right now, like what, what's the best advice to give them? That's a really great question, man. I like that question a lot. Um, I feel like, too, I've, I have so much experience um, 
just by playing, you know, in, in bands since I've been 14 years old and playing music since I've been seven. And I think that even my band, my original local band, you know, we made tons of mistakes, which I think every band is going to have to learn the hard way. There's going to be no, like, there's no magic formula. But what I would, the only advice I would give, because there's a thousand ways, there's more than a thousand ways to make it in the music business. There's tons of factors involved. But I would say the most important thing, man, and the thing that's lacking these days is very important, man, is really focusing on the content that you put out, you know, and making a splash in your own musical scene in your own town near you. It's not like what everyone always thinks, what can this person do for me? Or, you know, if I have this demo, now I'm going to give it to this label guy and we're going to be fame, you know what I mean? It's, You need to knock on, you know, 1,500 times. That's another, you got to knock on the door 1,500 times, 2,000 times, and maybe one person will open it, you know? Yeah, for sure. So for yeah. local bands, I'd say just really focus on the music that you're making, you know? Try to make the best music, the most quality music to you uh, that, you know, you enjoy making and love it. And then you're going to perform it with a lot of passion. The more real it is, the more real it comes across and more sincere. And then just make a splash in your own scene. You know, a lot of these players too, it sucks with the coronavirus and live. Now, it was hard enough to get a it was hard enough to get a live show, but now it's fucking even harder. And it's it's tough, man. It's tough all the way around because the business, you know, the business owner needs to make money, the venue needs to make money, they have to be able to pay their overhead and their business expenses, and everyone's gotta win. So it's a tough time just for rock, you know, for rock. Uh, in general, um, that's why you see a lot of people kind of leaning more towards, you know, DJs and electronic music and, and formulating a lot of electronic music. I can't wait for the time when, uh, like, live instrumentation really comes back in hard, man, because I know it's going to come back soon. You know, music goes in cycles, and it's, it's definitely going to come back. Um, and you even see the DJs now bring in live, like, it just adds so much more to a show to have live music and live musicians and and harmonies in there and, and singing and stuff like that. So, so yeah, I would just say um, have thick skin, never give up, you know, then that's very cliche, but you have to keep on, you know, like I said, knocking on doors. And if you, if you have to, you have to create your own music scene, which I think a lot of musicians are scared to do. Um, but if you have the guts, man, to like book your own shows, set up your own events, um, that way you have control of how the bands get paid and you have control over the whole like kind of event and the scene and it's not just one of those pay to play type shows you know where nobody cares it's more of an event and you can have people come you can go to a couple sponsors local local businesses too and have them come in and uh i mean that's what i would do anyway but that's only through my experience i would set up a whole event myself fuck everybody else you got to do everything for yourself because nobody fucking cares there you go. <laughs> when do you think that concerts are going to come back to uh, basic back to life? Fuck, man. <laughs> I, you know, when you, you know, like I said, like if, if you and I were talking in February, I don't think we would think that we would have been here uh, at this point, right? Man, it's pretty scary. But I think the future of concerts is, is um, I think the future just in general is 
extremely changed. Um, for good or for bad, nobody knows, but this is the way that we live for sure and the, and the way that our future will be for sure. And I think with live shows, at least in the interim, man, it's not going to be like, I wish people Um, you know, to go back to those times I and mean, just watching my shows at like Lowell's Fest, everybody was just so close together, no masks, no social distancing, then it wasn't even a thing, right? Yeah. But now, now you saw pictures, I think it's going to be like uh, little, little compartments for about four or five people max, right? And then you have to get out and you have to start shows somehow. So I think just like everybody else opening their things with plexiglass and and social distancing measures and lines. I think it's going to be the same thing for a show where it's going to be a lot of separation in the beginning and people will have to uh, just kind of watch in small groups instead of being able to be close together. That's the way that I think it's going to happen. Yeah, I saw bands do like a live stream. So they were playing like entire albums from start to finish and they were selling the, uh, they were basically having a concert without an audience and they were just selling the live stream and then the replay. So I feel like yeah. maybe it could move to, to that as well. Yeah, Travis Scott did that. I think he made a couple million dollars in okay. a couple of, Yeah, he did that. He did the same thing. He did a, a pay-to-watch uh, show. Yeah. And, and yeah, he made a ton, ton of cash. Yeah, that, that's definitely uh, another, um, I guess, way to, to, to do it. But live shows, though, I'm saying, like, in the flesh, yeah. I see it being like that. Um, people have to be kind of separated a little bit until everyone's more comfortable being close with each other. But I don't know how long that's going to be. So it's weird. It's scary, right? Are you, are you, are you weirded out? What do you think about it? Um, well, I mean, my last show was in February, uh, maybe I think a, a month before lockdown happened. So I went to, to Las Vegas. I saw Alter Bridge. So oh, yeah, I saw like a really big show. So, you know, and apparently the coronavirus had started a bit earlier than that, but not in uh in the states or anything like that but so my last experience was basically i saw crazy town in november i think and then i saw alter bridge in february so you know I, I was going to live shows quite frequently so it's just you know getting used to not going to shows anymore so you're kind of like sometimes you're like i wish i could just go to a concert or you know just to get out of you know typical life stuff and you know yeah yeah like you know so 